Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here, and today, a lot to get into. There's a lot. There's Bills, Dolphins, game from last night. Bills win, big game, clinch for two seed. Uh, I wouldn't say a spectacular performance from Josh Allen, but Josh Allen did what he needed to do to win, and the Bills clinch this two seed. Huge win for them. I get into that. Then the Eagles fall flat again. Are they toast? Then the playoff matchups are set. Juicy matchups. The script writers were in their bag writing these. I should have known this when I made my 18 picks to begin with. I should have known. Should not have gone with the heart. Should have gone with the brain. NFL scripted. And then I give you my top 10 teams in the NFL. Wrapping up the regular season. My top 10 teams going in to the postseason. And then, can't end there. Can't end with the NFL. Why? College football national championship is tonight. Yes, Michigan, Washington. I give my prediction and my pick. Uh, for those that listen, obviously uh, the pick will be obvious. Um, but I'm looking forward to that game, dissecting it. Um, last college football game of the year. And, of course, the boys in blue still in it. Love it. So let's get into it. Let's start with Bills Dolphins last night's game. Why was this such a big game? Well, because the winner not only won the AFC East, but would get the two seed as well. So this is a game both teams, you know, obviously already clinched the playoffs, so it's not like a huge need, but who wanted this one more? And it was the Buffalo Bills. Now, early on, Josh Allen. Very shaky. Throwing a couple interceptions. Excuse me. Didn't look sharp at all. Lost a, lost a fumble. And I was very worried. I was like, oh, you know, great opening drive down there. And you're up to like the five-yard line. It's a cover zero blitz, all-out blitz. And he throws a ball up, and it just gets intercepted. Bad throw. And I'm like, oh, no. Uh, you know, this happened to the Cowboys a few weeks ago where they drive down uh, the field on the Dolphins opening drive. Uh, I believe get stopped or fumbled near the goal line, and it just took the life out of the Cowboys. And it seemed to take the life out of the Bills. Uh, they only scored a touchdown on a weird deflection that was tipped up, and Sherfield made a spectacular catch. It. Mike McDaniel on the sideline obviously couldn't believe. Uh, but then in the second half, it's 14-7 uh, Miami. Uh, not a lot going offensively, but the start of the fourth quarter, near the start of the fourth quarter, uh, Deontay Hardy, Buffalo punt returner, has a 96-yard punt return touchdown. Just a booming punt, 70 yards, something like that. And I was thinking, yeah, fair catcher, let this thing go into the end zone. But he had some room to run because it was such a far punt. And he burnt everybody. I mean, that flipped the script because they were then able to stop Miami, get a touchdown, drive down the field 21-14, and there was no point scored after that, so Buffalo won. But Miami did have their opportunities. So Tua threw an interception to start the game first. Uh, drive, ugly interception. Uh, looked like he calmed down a bit, but then... Near the end of the game, uh, you need to drive down the field to tie the game up. 
and Tua throws a terrible pass and a double coverage to Chase Claypool. And I know Tyreek wasn't on the field. Uh, he's been hampered really the second half of the season, so he's not for every down. But to throw a pass to Chase Claypool, and on top of that, in double coverage, it's indefensible. That's something Tua can't do. That was a bad decision. It really was. Whereas late in the game, Josh Allen, what was he doing? Getting touchdowns, making great runs to extend drives, quarterback sneaking, playing great football. Tua was coming up flat. So what did this prove to me outside of the raw numbers? You know, Josh Allen, 30 of 38, 359 yards, two touchdowns. Yes, the two interceptions. Passer rating of 101 where Tua... 173 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, and a pass and a pass rating of 62. Not great. What it proved to me, Josh Allen is so talented. Josh Allen, and I said this yesterday, Josh Allen to me is the most talented quarterback in the NFL. He is. Now, because he makes so many great plays, you know, that you can negate with his dumb plays, like, wow, you know, he has the ability to do it, but maybe you shouldn't do it. And I don't mean talented in terms of best. Josh Allen's not the best quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. Joe Burrow's a better quarterback. But in terms of talent, raw ability, traits, there's no one better. Or I shouldn't say better. There's no one more talented than Josh Allen. And when you look at a guy like him who can carry his team, where the running game isn't going, James Cook... 2.8 2.8 yards a carry. Leonard Fournette, 2.9 yards a carry. They combined for a 56 total yards, the two of them. Josh Allen outrushed the two of those running backs combined. 67 total yards for an average of 4.5. Josh Allen was the offense. Stephon Diggs finally got it going a bit. 7 receptions, 87 yards. But Khalil Shakir, 6 receptions, 100 in five yards, it was the Josh Allen show. He is the guy who can put you on, put the team on his back, put the Superman cape on, and he delivered because he is so talented. He can overcome his turnovers, the shortcomings on offense. He can do that. Tua can't do that. Why? Because he's not as talented. I hate to break it to you, he's not. He does not have Josh Allen's arm. He does not have Josh Allen's field vision. He does not have Josh Allen's mobility, scrambling, uh, size, speed. He just doesn't. Now, does he throw a great ball, great touch? Yes. But the rest, you got to give to Josh Allen. And Tua relies on receivers, Jalen Waddle, which he didn't have, and Tyreek, who is hampered, and scheme in Mike McDaniel. And sometimes that falls short. To be better player, and who was the best player on the field yesterday? None other than Josh Allen. That's why the Bills won the game. That's why the Bills won the division. Now, a lot of people said they were dead at 6-6. I still had hope for them. I said they were going to win out. I did pick them to beat the Chiefs. I did pick them to beat the um, uh, Cowboys. And I picked them to win every other game. I still said they were in a win the division. Initially, first week of the season, I have a just winning the division. What happens? Aaron Rodgers goes down. I immediately switch my pick because you get to switch picks for quarterback injuries like that. And I switched my pick to the Bills. 
Whoever picked, people picked the Jets, I saw some of them pick Miami. Quite a few people picked Miami to begin the season. I said, no, Josh Allen's the best quarterback, give me the Bills. And that's what happened last night. That's why I can't trust the Bills. That's why I don't trust the Bills. That's why I trust Josh Allen, because now he's got the two seed in a very favorable first-round matchup. The Dolphins have the sixth seed in a very brutal first-round matchup that they got to go on the road to. So there's that game. I mean, Bills, Josh Allen, great performance there. Then the next game I want to talk about, Eagles-Giants. So I thought the Giants would cover, pick the Eagles out to win. Man, was I wrong. The Eagles are falling apart at the seams. I mean, they are, it's, it's looking very bad. So since they beat the Chiefs and were 9-1, and one, since then they've gone 2-5. Uh, they beat the uh, Eagles in, or beat the Bills in overtime and slowly fall apart since then. Demolition job against the Niners. Uh, then got killed by the Cowboys and then lost to the Seahawks. Escaped the Giants. Got beat by the Cardinals and then got annihilated by the Giants. And to make things worse, Jalen Hurts looked like he dislocated one of his fingers. A.J. Brown hurt his knee. Uh, It was just a complete collapse, a terrible finish to the season that you just don't want to have. They eventually pulled Jalen Hurts uh, in the team because it was just atrocious to have Zero points through the first half to be down 24-0. Might as well not start anybody uh, coming out uh, when you're, it's just that embarrassing. And oh, how far they have fallen. And the biggest thing is defensively. Last year they were great defensively. This year, one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And there's an argument they are the worst defensive team in the league. And I think the worst defensive team in the playoffs, they are that bad. Uh, yesterday, they allowed the Giants to have 415 total yards, 6.3 yards per play. Tyrod Taylor to have 300 yards passing, and they ran the ball for 109 yards. They were in the red zone a total of six times. The Giants they scored three of those. So, yeah, the Giants dominated this Eagles team. Nothing the Eagles to do. They were helpless, and this is a combination of things. It is aging players and I respect Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson are still very good Mason Graham or Brandon Graham they're very good still but they're aging you can tell another thing they don't have any superstars on defense yes Hassan Raddick very good player he's not a superstar I'm sorry he had a one great year last year but he's not a Micah Parsons he's not a Nick Bosa a TJ Watt he's not that guy they don't have superstars on defense and in the back end Big play slay is no more. He's no longer big play slay. He lets in big plays if you want to refer to them as that, but he does not make big plays. James Bradbury is what Debo Samuel called him out last year. That's trash. He's not good. Uh, and I know it's harsh, but that's the truth. And then on offense, Jalen Hurts has regressed. The offensive play calling is not good under Brian Johnson, defensive coordinator. Whoever it is, Matt Patricia or the other guy calling plays, it's just, it's not good. Nick Sirianni looks like he's in over his head now. The fans are turning on him. And if they get bounced in the first round, uh, could be a lot of people 
could get fired. Could be a lot of changes uh, to have this kind of collapse in Philly with the talent they have, uh, good draft picks they hit on. You, you, you don't want that. So Philly just oof, doesn't look good right now. Now, uh, you know, there's a lot to get into, or I shouldn't say a lot because there was, you know, a lot of backups playing. One thing I do want to note as well, it was really a Saturday game, was the Texans-Colts. That was a fantastic game. Texans won 23-19. Did pick the Texans to win, but I just, you know, Shane Steichen has been phenomenal this year as a first-year head coach, especially with Gardner Minshew. is your quarterback majority of the season. And I know some people are ripping Gardner Minshew for the throw, but Shane Steichen on a fourth and one, uh, and this is a play design for the running back, for Tyler Goodson, who drops the ball and costs him a playoff berth. How do you not have Jonathan Taylor in the game? To me, he's more shorthanded than Goodson. I believe Goodson had 19 receptions. Um, that's inexcusable. It was a right play call. Yes, could Gardner Minshew make a better throw, but Goodson's got to catch it. And just a brutal way. For the Colts to end the season there. Just tough, tough spot for them. Um, Texans get the win. They win the uh, AFC South. Because not only did they win. But the Panther, the Jaguars lost. And that sold them. 28-20 to the Titans. Again, Jags lost. And I just got to say this. Trevor Lawrence is now. Uh, for any Marvel fans. He's now pardoned. From any, if you get that reference from Thor Ragnarok, he's pardoned from any future top 10 list for me. This year has been abysmal for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and I make like it, I want to liken it to Baker Mayfield last year. Baker Mayfield coming off a couple good years. Uh, last year plays through injury, doesn't play well. So, you know, the Browns cut him and it doesn't work out well. And, you know, what was it? You know, Carolina or Tampa or in L.A. really. And then he goes here and he's healthy again and he's playing well. Trevor Lawrence dealing with, you know, ankle, knee, injury, shoulder. Should have just took the time off instead. He plays terrible this year. So when you play, you've got to account for your terribleness. The two interceptions were bad yesterday. The overthrow on Evan Ingram was just abysmal at the end of the game. Trevor Lawrence, in terms of quarterback... Uh, top 10 list, I'm sorry, but he's excused from mine. He's pardoned. Won't be featured in any coming up the rest of the season. I might reevaluate next year going into 2024-2025 football season. But as of right now, any post-rankings that I do, if I have one coming up for quarterbacks and playoffs, which Trevor Lawrence is not representing because he didn't play well. And sadly, I have to acknowledge, is he even the best quarterback in the division now with C.J. Stroud playing the way he is playing. Absolutely unbelievable Trevor Lawrence to sell like that. So with that being said, some of those matchups, great fun to watch. But now we're getting into the playoffs and Wild Card Weekend is set. And I am excited. I'll be coming out with my official picks later this week, but I just want to discuss it because these matchups are very, very juicy. So Saturday, Browns-Texans. Why is this matchup so good? Well, because you have a team that had a massive trade 
an offseason ago, in which the Texans traded Deshaun Watson uh, for multiple first-round picks uh, that they used in combination to get, um, you know, a Will Anderson, a Tate Dell, uh, some of their receivers. So Texans have benefited a lot from this trade, and the Browns, Deshaun Watson, isn't even playing so you have that matchup there, um, these two organizations and those trades last year. It's going to be very exciting. Leaning Browns right now, but if you remember a few weeks ago, um, in which the Browns absolutely stomped the Texans, that was when Houston was, or by my bad, CJ Stroud was in concussion protocol, so he did not play for the Houston Texans. Texans, however, had this game at home. CJ Stroud is playing. Uh, this should be a very good competitive matchup looking forward to this one then you have Dolphins Chiefs Chiefs favorite in this one uh and this is gonna be a great game we had this one earlier in the year Chiefs won 21-14 in Germany however this game's in Kansas City what does that mean Tyree Kill is returning home to Kansas City what a story that is he's talked a lot of trash uh you know about you know leaving uh, he still respects Kelsey and them and all that, as he's mentioned. But hostile environment for sure. Tua in the cold, it's supposed to be like 10 degrees uh, in Kansas City next sun, or Saturday night. Uh, that storyline there is phenomenal. Then you have the Steelers-Bills. Not really a recent storyline, but more historical in the playoffs. You know, the 90s uh, Steelers-Bills. Uh, but right now, this is the least entertaining matchup, and I'm rolling with Buffalo to smoke Pittsburgh. No T.J. Watt. Uh, that hurts the defense. I think the Bills win that game. Next, Packers-Cowboy. Another game that has a great storyline to it, like the Saturday games. Mike McCarthy coaching against his former team in the playoffs, the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Packers... They've had the Cowboys' number, regardless if Mike McCarthy was the head coach or not. Matt LaFleur does very well against the Cowboys. Beat them last year. Uh, this year, they didn't play. But Packers, Cowboys in Dallas. Jordan Love in this group playing really well on the, on the hot tick up. Uh, Mike McCarthy, uh, can he beat his former team? Last year, if you remember, he walked into Green Bay Stadium trying to look like Vince Lombardi. And got absolutely clowned and lost the game. This is going to be a great playoff matchup. And then another juicy storyline. Rams-Lions. Rams-Lions. Why? Matthew Stafford returning home as well to Detroit where he started off his career going up to play the Detroit Lions. Oh, go Detroit, please. Oh, how great would it be for Matthew Stafford to beat this Lions team? And say, hey, I did make the great call. I knew I should have left. And I won my Super Bowl and I just beat them. But how great for Lions would it be to beat the guy who said, you know, Dan Campbell, who made a, you know, wasn't a public loud trade request, but quietly said, you know, we're going through another haul. Is it okay if you explore any options for me and they honored the request? Let's beat this guy. Please, uh, Lions, what a great game this will be. The offense that they have, the offense the Rams have. Uh, two mediocre defenses going at it. Should be a shootout. A lot of great points. And at home in Detroit, in the Dome, I like the Lions initially. Uh, hopefully Laporta plays at the big deal. And then Monday Night Eagles-Bucks. This is a fine matchup to me. 
because this was two years ago, uh, really when the Eagles were nine and eight, Bucks were you know twelve and five on the division. Uh, this was you know just a Buccaneers blowout. We had this game earlier in the season in Tampa. Eagles won, but that's when the Eagles were playing much better. I believe it was a week two, week three Monday night game. Here we are, another Monday night game. Bucks playing better later in the season, and Eagles playing worse. Could the Bucks put the Eagles out of their misery? We'll see. Should be a fantastic game. All these matchups should be really good. I think we'll all be one possession outside of Steelers. Bills, that's the only lopsided one I really see right now, but this is going to be just great, great football coming up. Really looking forward to it. So now, without further ado, let's talk about college football. Washington, Michigan. Now, the biggest key for me tonight is Michigan's defense. It is. Uh, to me, there's no other bigger storyline. It's this defense here against Washington. And Michigan started, I believe, as a um, like four, four-and-a-half-point favorite. The line moved around there. went all the way up to like five-and-a-half. Some places at six right now. Michigan, very you know, money's coming in on Michigan because Michigan's going to win. Let's get that out of here. Michigan's going to win. The defense is really, really good. And I know people are like, Michigan has not faced a team offensively like Washington this year. And I agree. Couldn't agree more with you that they did not face an offense this year. Had, but the question is, in this three-year dominant stretch, have they ever faced an offense like Washington? And I can confidently say yes. Yes, they have faced an uh, offense like Washington. Uh, you think not this year against Ohio State, but the past two years against Ohio State. Um, you think of 2021, C.J. Stroud at quarterback. Uh, you think of you know Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, uh, J.S.N. is your wide receiving group. That is pretty good, you know, to have is your group of wide receivers. Um, so you have that, and they were able to beat them 42-27. You think of last year. You think of Marvin Harrison. I'm good, I was this year too, but last year Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka, who was a great wide receiver. And Julian Fleming, yes, JSN was there, but he didn't play much of year. But a team they beat that was very explosive with C.J. Stroud at quarterback. So yeah, can I do I see them containing Aroma Dunze, Michael Penix, you know, the Jalen Polk, uh McMillan? Yeah, I can see Michigan having success defensively now. Are they gonna like shut them down and hold them to 10, 15 points? No, but I think Michigan can hold Washington into the twenty to twenty seven point range. I do. That means Michigan, if you score 30 points, you win. And I think Michigan can do that. I don't, Washington's defense is not as good as, uh, Michigan's. Washington's is not as good as Alabama's. Uh, Michigan, I'll be, think will be able to run the ball. They'll stay committed to it. And I think JJ McCarthy's gonna have a great game. He's had a lot of great games outside of the kind of three week injury stretch, um, that he had, you know, being a Heisman favorite at one point in this season. I believe J.J. McCarthy's a very good quarterback, and to me, I like him better than Michael Penix. Michael Penix is a lot hyped up, um, but Michigan 
I think, is going to win this game. Coaching is obviously two great coaches. Kalen DeBoer, uh, Jim Harbaugh. I think Jim Harbaugh has a slight edge in this big game. But this is going to be a phenomenal matchup between these two teams. So you have players on both sides that, you know, are going to the NFL or one day will go to the NFL if they are underclassmen. So I made a top 10 player list in this national championship game. Number 10 I had was Colston Loveland for Michigan. To me, the best, uh, not only is he the best tight end in this game, one of the best tight ends in college, but he's the best receiving option for Michigan. You know, 6'5", 245. He was second, you know, in Big Ten receiving yards with 572, uh, 40 receptions, four touchdowns, first team all Big Ten. He was a great tight end uh, for Michigan, uh, but also just a great security blanket for J.J. McCarthy makes a lot of great catches. I have him at number 10. Number 9, Mason Graham. To me, he's the best defensive lineman on the team. Now there's a lot of guys to Jalen Harold, Josiah Stewart. So many great players that I'm going to miss, um, you know, like the, even Junior Colson. But Mason Graham, to me, is so impactful. Not entering the draft this year like Colston Loveland because of being a sophomore. But 32 sacks. Uh, three tacks, force fumble, three sacks, force fumble this year, and to me made one of the biggest, if not the biggest, defensive play in the Rose Bowl is when he, you know, tackled for loss for five yards on the second and goal. They set up a long third and goal for um, Alabama. Was the Rose Bowl defensive player of the game? Mason Graham is a force there on the defensive end or defensive line. Number eight, Braylon Trice. Uh, just dominant against Texas, uh, edge rusher for Washington. I mean, he was phenomenal in that game. In that game alone, he just had five tackles, two sacks, four fumble, was a defensive player of the game in the Sugar Bowl. And he's been their, to me, best defensive player all year long. He has been a problem. It's going to be up to the Michigan tackles, uh, you know, Carson Barnhart's, uh, to contain this man on the edge because he is so good. Now, to me, it's time to get to a pair of corners, and this game are held by Michigan. It really is a trio, but I'm just holding out two. One is the best nickel cornerback in college, and that I have at number seven is Mikey Zarin still. I mean, this guy started off at Michigan as wide receiver. I remember him making great plays as a wide receiver, but now he's a nickelback corner, and he is the best one at it. Is he a little undersized? Yes, 5'10", 182. But 36 tackles, two sacks, two force fumbles, five interceptions this season. Uh, that is a weapon to have in college football. Number six. To me, the best corner in this game and will be the top corner next year going out of the draft when he's eligible. That's Will Johnson. Uh, he, to me, has been great this year. Now, doesn't have the interception numbers. He locked up Marvin Harrison, only allowed three catches, 44 yards, had the interception on him, was great in the Rose Bowl holding Isaiah Bond. He doesn't get covered up. Hasn't allowed a touchdown all year. Uh, hasn't allowed a lot of catches. I believe a passer rating of 32 when targeting him. He is that good, and he is that guy. Number five, I know I'm going to mispronounce this, but Troy Fautuaunu for Washington, offensive tackle, best offensive lineman in this game. Now, to me, Michigan has a great collective, and so does Washington, but he really stands out because of his size. 6'4", 317, uh, all-team for the Pac-12. I mean, he is really good, and he's going need, to need to be key 
to stop this Michigan front that is really good. Number four, Rome Odunze for Washington. Best wide receiver in the game to me. Uh, Marvin Harrison is a little better than Odunze. To me, Rome Odunze is the third best wide receiver. I believe it's Harrison, Malik Neighbors. And then you clearly have Odunze there. 6'3", 215 pounds. He is very, very good. Had a great Sugar Bowl, 125 yards. Um, but he's going up against Will Johnson, which will be a fantastic matchup. But Romo Dunes, a favorite weapon of Michael Penix, is a great wide receiver. Number three, Blake Corum. I got Blake Corum at three. Uh, Blake Corum, interestingly, Michigan, when he scores a touchdown, 32-0. He scored a touchdown in every game this season, including the Rose Bowl Big Ten Championship. They've won every game. Are his numbers as good as last year? No. Why? Coming off injury, Michigan's throwing the ball more. But Blake Corum is still... You know, as impressive, and we needed that touchdown in the Rose Bowl, the cut that he made, uh, that, what was it, 20-yard touchdown run. It was phenomenal. That was Blake Corum right there. Number two, Michael Penix. Yes, Michael Penix is number two. He's the quarterback for Washington. Uh, argument could be made that, you know, best season for a Washington quarterback of all time. Second in the Heisman voting. Uh, argument could be made that he should have won the Heisman race. Um, you know, one beat Oregon two times this year, uh, is just clutch as it gets. Did have a couple of clunkers that no one seems to talk about, but was great in the Sugar Bowl, second most passing yards ever in a semifinal game behind Joe Burrow. Was great. He's number two. But who's number one? It's J.J. McCarthy. And I know people are going to say Michigan homework take right here. That's fine, I can live with it, because when we talk about this game tomorrow, it won't be a homer take anymore. It will be real, factual news. And McCarthy is going to go down as one of the best college quarterbacks of all time. If he, He's tied right now with Jameis Winston at 26-1. I believe if he wins this game, 27-1, and the only two better than him were old people from 50 years ago that won every game and were like 30-0. and so there you go. But current modern quarterbacks, no one would be better than J.J. McCarthy. Now, he could have won the Heisman if he didn't get hurt and they passed more in this stretch to end the game. But McCarthy is phenomenal. Uh, if you win the national championship, he has the traits to go to the NFL. He has the arm. He's made the throws. He's not asked to do as much as Michael Penix. Michael Penix puts the team on his back. But I believe if J.J. McCarthy won an offense like Washington, where he had to do that for his team, he could definitely do so. Uh, he's proved it in times this year when the running game didn't get it going. That hey, JJ McCarthy on a third and nine multiple times can say, "Hey, I'll bail you out," and he does because he is that guy. So I like it. I like my list. Those are my top ten players. I think this is going to be a phenomenal game tonight. Of course, I am picking the Michigan Wolverines to win. I believe it's going to be around a 30-20 game, 35-24-27, probably 35-27, uh, you know, probably more realistic, but somewhere within that, I think Michigan gets to 30. I think they hold Washington to under 30 and win by at least a touchdown or more. I think Michigan's a great team, fundamentally sound, coaching players, all that, give the edge to Michigan. Michigan's going to win the national championship game tonight. 
There you go. There you have it. Great weekend for sports. Uh, not only did we have um, great weekend 18 finale, but now we have a national championship game tonight. If you're watching, who do you got? You know who I got. Can't wait to discuss it after the Wolverines win. Talk to you guys soon. Bye, everybody.